Hello, welcome to everyone. I'm Georgia Deacon, the licensed practitioner for Spiritual Living White Rock. Thank you for joining us today. And um, thank you so much for Ivan for stepping in when um, one of our other musicians couldn't be here. And this is fantastic and a heartfelt experience to have Ivan here to perform for us. Ivan has blended a life and a variety of music into honest, well-crafted songs about many of the simple emotions and gut-wrenching feelings we all experience. Please welcome Ivan Boudreau and his contemporary folk music delivered with a warm and relaxed approach. Take it away, Ivan. Thanks, Georgia. Glad to be here. Some days come easy tough some days are diamonds and others rough won't have to wait much longer waited long enough someday I'll find the love I've been dreaming of someday Some days it's just too hard to get out of bed The hurt is sinking in, I'm in way over my head Look at what I didn't do, the words I left unsaid Someday the sun will shine instead Well, that's 
amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ivan. That was wonderful. Please feel free, everyone, to put your contact info and say where you're from uh, in the chat for our listeners, if you have anything. And Ivan, if you want to put anything about yourself in the chat space, you've been talking about uh, performing coming up soon. So especially in Maple Ridge, which is terrific for us where we live. Um, so as we begin our gathering today as settlers on this land, we are honored to live and operate on the traditional ancestral and unceded territory of the Coast Salish peoples. We thank the first peoples who continue to live on these lands and care for them, along with the waters and all that is above and below. CSL White Rock is an inclusive spiritual community and learning center. We teach spiritual principles and offer tools to use in all areas of life regularly and consistently. Our life flourishes and flows out with ease and grace when we practice these. So let's walk together today on the spiritual path and walk each other home, all the while transforming our lives and the lives of others. Thank you for being here with us. Well, as usual, Ivan, fantastic. Thank you so much. I'm so excited that you're able to step in and help us out today. Um, for people who know our first time guests, I'm Tamara Rossander. I'm the new spiritual director here. It's just since February, where has time gone already? I was counting four months and I was just thinking about all the things that have already happened and shifted and changed and uh, exciting, scary, the whole bit. And then I was thinking today about my talk. I've been I, I, I'm going to be totally honest. I've been putting off writing it for a bit because it's about sadness. Who wants to talk about sadness? It's one of those ones. I know it's something that we all feel and have, and it's, it's an important emotion that we go through. And yet it just was a piece of me that I know I haven't totally healed yet. I know there's days I'll wake up and I feel sad. I just, I don't know why. I don't know what it is, but there'll just be something in me. And then I'll start into my practice and I'll move through my meditation or listening to Edward Lahoon at 6 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> and, and I'll start to come out of it and move through it. And in ministerial training, they're always, you know, talking about, well, when you do your talks, make sure that you're doing it from a healed place that you're not in that place of healing yourself because you don't want to use your congregation or your people as a way for you to heal. So I, then, then I went into resistance. I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, how can I now talk about this topic if I'm not totally healed? You know, it was a question I was asking myself and I thought, no, okay. Let's, let's, let's be real. Let's be vulnerable. Let's set in. And of course, you know, I have the wonderful, wonderful book of Brene Brown, Atlas of the Heart to help me through what it was about feeling sad and about, is it okay? And the, the truth is I, I'm not totally fixed. I'm not totally <laughs> the one who's got all the answers. There's things that I don't have answers about. The shooting that just happened last week, 
of those young lives? I, I'm sorry, I don't have an answer about that. It's, you know, and I'm not, I don't want to say that these things that aren't happening and these emotions that we feel, the devastation around things that happen in our world, and yet it's okay. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to have these feelings. It's okay that my heart hurts. And yes, sometimes I get that sense of doom and gloom. <sighs> They're melancholy or feel like I'm sometimes, or even there'll be something that will happen and I'll just sit in my little pity party. I'm like, how did that happen to me? Why? <laughs> Why me? And then I realize as we're reading this wonderful book with our leadership team, the 15 commitments to conscious leadership. And the thing is, it's, that book is not really about conscious leadership. It's about conscious living. Because of whether I'm <laughs> below the line or above the line, it, it describes in the book, it is about where I am in my life and how I treat people as allies. Am I looking at life through the victim lens? Or am I looking at it through a coach lens or through a challenger lens, moving myself above the line to, to deal with the things that are happening in my life? And there's, there's lots of reasons for people to be sad right now. This pandemic, okay, just done with it, ready to be back in person and still where it's taking us a little bit of time to, to get the, our foothold and, and to move forward. So that makes me a little bit of sad because I, I want to be with my people. I want to see you guys in person. And yet I know there's people that live further away that can't join us. So I think we have this wonderful tool of technology um, to, to connect us. To, to bind us together and to give us this place where we can sit in and enjoy each other's company. You know, Science of Mind talks about when we're in this sadness place, I think um, Ernest Holmes says, let, well, actually Jesus said, sorry, he just quoted Jesus. <laughs> he said, let not your heart be troubled. And it was on that level of calm and certainty, which Jesus had um, ever been given to believing. He was not afraid. Our hearts are troubled over many things and our mental burdens often become unbearable. It seems at times as though a cup of bitterness was being held to unwilling lips with the demand that they drink. That is from Science of Mind. I've got the page covered, page 479. At times it seems as though a cup of bitterness were being held to our unwilling lips with the man that they drink. Wow, has that not been a circumstance that we've all felt in the last little while? And yet, sadness is an important emotion for us. 
And it's just when we can move through our sadness, when we can allow it and surrender to what is happening and how we are feeling. I mean, surrender is the greatest practice in the midst of sadness. To find, to open up that window, open up that space for love and compassion. And when we're, we're opening up that space of love and compassion, the first place it needs to start is right here, right inside of ourselves. Because then it's easier for us when we can have that love and compassion for ourselves to make sure that we're moving it out into the world. And, and I love that, that moving that love out into the world, our um, vision core team met recently and we were visioning on what is, the, what is the ideal, what is spirit's highest ideal of connection within the Center for Spiritual Living White Rock? And I love what they came up with is they came up with that we are visionaries of love. Actually, it brings a little tear to my eye almost <laughs> thinking that the visionaries of love. And, you know, it may not seem that we're showing up that way all the time. There may be little times where we'll make a little misstep. I don't want to call it a mistake, but a misstep. I've been known to do that. I've made mistakes and yet it's moving through it and being in that space of grace for myself and compassion and empathy when I'm, I'm feeling that way. And even though, you know, and being in that space of grace and it, things may not seem so graceful, but yet just knowing that I can tune in to my own spiritual practice, into prayer, I can call one of my practitioners. I don't have to walk this alone. Because I think that's the one thing about sadness is that really Brene Brown says, to be human is to know sadness, but owning our sadness is courageous and a necessary step in finding our way back to ourselves and back to each other. And that's, you know, this is a time right now where we've all experienced sadness. We've missed each other. We want to get back together. And here we are. We need to have, be courageous and step into finding our way back of how we're gonna be together. Is it, you know what, we may show up even this afternoon at lunch and it may not be the same as it was, how we imagined that it was gonna be this whole reunion type of thing or even meeting new people. It's gonna be, it's gonna show up differently. It's gonna show up the way that it's meant to show up in our new expression of ourselves. So I think that's exciting. I know that just kind of <laughs> move from one thing to another. Keep with me, people. I hope you're following along here <laughs> as we move through the different areas of sadness. And another thing of sadness that we talk about is the, the trio of guilt, blame, and shame. Can that get us into feeling sad? 
Because when we feel guilty about maybe I've misspoken or I've hurt somebody's feeling, but I'm, I'm not that type of person. I, I wouldn't do that. But guess what? I just did it. I just showed up in that way. But it's allowing myself that compassion is giving myself that space that, okay, how am I going to do it now? How am I going to do it now? And it's not blaming somebody else or it's not blaming my parents, but it's looking at it and reflecting upon the situation. And then that can lead to a new behavior. And perhaps I'll get to that place where I can apologize for the person and say, hey, you know, I'm sorry, I realized that I came across in an unkind way. And that is never my intention. It's never my intention. And when we are looking at blaming others for a situation that's happened rather than taking accountability for our own actions, you know, where is, where is my place in this? What have I done to show up? Was I kind of triggered and so I reacted? Or was I in that place of, okay, Tamara, take a breath. You're getting a feeling in your body and that's okay. And just let it pass, accept it, surrender it, and let it move through me. You know, if we pause, our flow is, we get into that flow. And of course, you know, for reflection and we can course correct. What do they say about airplanes? Alan probably knows this, I think he's heard this before, where even on autopilot, the plane is always changing to make shifts to get back on course. Even where they plot in A and plot in B, there's still along the way, it makes hundreds and hundreds of little tiny shifts throughout to get to that point. And I think that's where each of us are, can be if we choose to be, if we're willing to be there to make that one little shift so that we can show up differently and be different if that is what we want. And sometimes we just have to let that little, if we've shown up in a way that we're uncomfortable and we're sad, we feel bad and we're in there, but we just need to let that sting of the situation subside. Let our little, I'll let my little bruised ego <laughs> heal <laughs> as you know, I, I did something wrong. It's like that, that whole piece of, you know, I, I could, I have to do everything right. I have to, I have to be right all the time. As I know, I don't wake up in the morning going, oh, I think I'm going to be wrong today. And that doesn't happen very often. But as we move through and allow ourselves to feel these things and, and recognize that what is causing our sadness? Are we feeling guilty? Are we feeling ashamed of how we've been? Um, are we blaming somebody else? And we can move through those. We have options to do it. We can use our spiritual practice. And another thing of sadness, a big one is, is grief. And grief and sadness you know, when we experience grief, we often feel the situation is out of control. And then, of course, there's the loss that we feel. 
And, you know, the one thing I, I was reading Melody Beattie's book, the, the Grief Club, and what she says on the front of it is I thought it was interesting. The Grief Club, the secret to getting through all kinds of change. That really caused me to pause for a minute. Grief, change, hmm. Let me think about that. But it's, it's true. There's, when things change, I can be sad uh, about it. I can be, because things aren't the way I think they should be. Things aren't the way I thought they're, they're always going to show up and be. So then I'm like, oh, <clears throat> that's really, you know, then I get into this sadness. But then I can move through it and see that maybe there's something on the other side. Maybe this is, again, making space for me to practice that place of compassion, that place of empathy, and for myself and for others. You know, I, I, I think of um, another word that comes to me around sadness and that I, I looked up was, is anguish. And, you know, I was, I was reading again, the Atlas of the Heart. <laughs> I'm just so enjoying that book. And Brene talks about that moment of that deep anguish when you get that phone call and something horrible has happened to somebody or you're watching the news and witnessing and it just drops you to your knees. It drops you to your knees. And she talks in her book about a young girl. Her mother passed away and she was um, Mexican and their religion or their one, what is it called? They go through and they get to that age that the girls go and they do a sincerta, butchering that word, butchering it. And yet, uh, so she gets dressed up and the father presents her with a little box. And in the box is the tiara that the mother wore <clears throat> when she did hers. And then that was, you know, there was tears, there was sadness. And then the father pulled out an envelope and he handed the daughter the envelope and said, this is a letter for you from your mother the week before she died. And the daughter just fell to the ground. Fell to the ground. I, I started bawling when I was reading that myself. I was like, oh my gosh. And then her family came in and they fell. But the thing is, when we have those moments, it's painful, it hurts. And yet, human beings were resilient. We're resilient. And I'm not saying that it's never going to hurt or we're never going to go through those things. But the thing is that we, if we allow ourselves to process the grief and not be absorbed by it, then we move through it. And it takes time. <laughs> it's not, it's not like it's going to happen in one moment or another. And 
you know, I think of, I think of my mother who lost her beloved husband and it's been a year and a half, or I think of Claire, I hope you don't mind when you lost your dog. Like it doesn't, it doesn't just happen overnight that, oh, okay, this happened. And then I'm processed. We've got to go through our stages. We've got to allow that space because there's going to be denial. There's going to be pain. There's going to be anger. There's going to be depression. There's going to be bargaining, beseeching. Why? And then when we can come to that place of acceptance, we can come to that place of acceptance. Then we can start moving in a different direction. We can take that next step forward. We can take that next step forward. The thing I was thinking about too with sadness, I don't know about you, but when I am kind of feeling down, I sometimes even want to feel, I want to feel it a little deeper. So I'll go to my movie list. I don't know if you all have a favorite sad movie. I mean, Terms of Endearment, that's an older one. Life is Beautiful, Beaches, Still Magnolias, P.S. I Love You. And of course, any movie ever made that had a dog die in it, like that's, well, those are, those movies are off limits for me. I can't even do it. I can't even do it, but I will watch. And, and I think of when I was a young girl and I was in, I, I think I was 10 or 12 and I knew that I was going through some emotion and I needed help processing that emotion that crying or that space. And I, my mom and dad had given me back, okay, aging myself here, the uh, um, vinyl copy of um, Dumbo. I know that's kind of a strange one, but oh man, I used to play that one song over when the, the little mom or the little mom, the mom elephant would sing a song to, to Dumbo about her dying. Oh my gosh. And I would sit in my room and we, my mom would come running up and be like, what's happening? Are you okay? I know I'm just sad. I'm listening and watching Dumbo again. She was like, she didn't understand why. But the thing is, what it did and what Brene is, is explained, which I thought was really interesting, is that that sadness, when we feel that sadness, then we can also feel the other side of it. We can feel the joy. We can feel the awe and the wonder of the world. You know, it's that... It's, it's not a duality. It's that allowing the, the space for both things. Because imagine, I was talking to my husband a little bit this morning about this. And he said, well, yeah, I guess if we don't experience sadness, how will we ever know that we're happy? How will we know that other side of it when we're going through? So she talks about sadness is that when it's that, it's an aspect of sadness that helps us move into another way of being. It moves us into is the sadness's primary function as a contributor and intensifier to the emotional state of being moved. Because that is when we're watching those sad movies, when we're in that place, that is, I want to be moved. I want to go into that next place because once I'm moved and I'm feeling it, 
then I can move through it. I can move to the other side of it. Oh dear, I'm running low on time here. I still have one more point I wanna talk about because we've been talking about sadness and moving through it. So what is, what is the antidote for sadness? I don't think there really is an antidote. I probably should, that's one of those words, but I think what we can do is once we're in that space and my sadness is there, I can embrace it, I can allow it, I can surrender. And yet I don't wanna hang out there all the time. And I'll be totally honest, you know what? Sometimes I like being sad. I like hanging out there because guess what? I have people come up to me and say, oh, Tamara, you're sad. How can we help you? Do you need a hug? I get my attention met that way. But yeah, that's not. So it's easy to get caught in being there. And, and the other piece of is it of it is that it's also a comfortable place for me to be because I know it. And sometimes when I'm in that happy place, I get, I get really triggered and, and like, okay, well now, but if I'm really happy, like when is, the, when is that other shoe gonna drop? So I'm kind of, even though I'm happy and I'm excited and I'm having this great time, but I'm like waiting for something else to happen. So it's moving through that and being able to adjust myself so that I can give myself that love, that I don't have to look for it outside of myself. Because everything I have and need is right here, right here within me. So love, you know, we can use love like as a soothing balm. We can, just like a healing ointment we, the, to soothe the wound, love can be a soothing balm for our sadness. Is the thing that came to me is that what we're looking for in sadness is that we're looking for connection, right? We're looking for that connection. We want in our sadness moments, we wanna be held or to feel connected to someone who has known that same ache, even if what caused it is completely different. We don't want our sadness overlooked or diminished by someone who can't tolerate what we're feeling because they're unwilling or unable to own their own sadness. But we just, that whole piece of wanting to be connected to people. And I think that is why we're here for connection. And that is why CSL White Rock is here to build community of connection. And it may not look exactly the way that we want it to look right now, but we're working on it. We're getting there. We're moving forward, taking baby steps and muddling through. So when we're sad, what are those loving things that we can do for ourselves? You know, perhaps it's that feel connection. Maybe it's talking to a friend and just know that they'll listen. Just listen, not offer you the advice, not give you, this is what you need to do. But they'll just maybe just sit there and go, mm -hmm, I understand and let you cry and not hand you that handkerchief so that you stop to cry. They'll allow the tears. 
is what is it? Every tear you cry, you never have to shed that tear again. And when we get through that other side of that sadness and connection, maybe we, we reach out to a spouse or a loved one and they'll just simply hold us or rub our back. Or maybe for some, it's a solo walk on the beach where they can commune with that divine, that one mind, that knowing that truth and listening to the sounds of the water and it can soothe our soul. And I, I know of one practitioner <laughs> who loves to go out into the woods and, and, and be with the nature and be with Susie Sitka or, and because they nature caress of the trees, they nurture us back into wholeness. And of course, music, music is a fabulous place that we can, you know, I know Ivan said, sang a sad song, but when I was thinking of my talk title, um, high tide or low tide, I was the song, the song that came into my head was Blondie and the tide is high. I'm, I'm going to be your number one. And to me, sorry for singing. I know that's a really bad one. My kids used to say, mommy, no sing, no sing, but it, that, it was that place of coming home. I'm going to be your number one. And to me, that number one was the divine. When the divine, when I can commune to the divine, that is when I can soothe myself and soothe my internal sadness. And I can bring some ease and grace into it. So what's next? We know that sadness is that place that we all go. It's a necessary emotion. It moves us through. Uh, it puts us into the space of ease and grace. And our sadness can be transformed through love. And it's a primary emotion. And the thing that we're always looking for is that connection. So we can become more aware of the variation of sadness and how it operates. And we can ride those waves and knowing they eventually will pass. We can allow ourselves to feel the feelings and we can process through them. We're not giving up on life. Mm -mm. We can allow the lessons that we learn from experience, sadness, to help us be more productive, to live healthier. There's so much that we can do to navigate the space of sound, sadness and allow it to turn to gladness as we move through it with love. So be that visionary of love for yourself. Be that visionary of love as CSL White Rock. Be that visionary of love for our community. But mostly, again, be the visionary of love for yourself. So let's take a moment and close with prayer. And just know this truth that we are a science of mind teaching chapter. And so we tune into our affirmative prayer, knowing that life is rich and full that there is one mind, one divine 
present that is operating in, through, and as each of us. And that today I claim this love that is here, the love that is ever present in all of us, the love that can fill our well, that can replenish us as our sadness moves us into that place on the pendulum where we're sad and then we move through into joy and into awe and be filled with wonder. Because once we are filled with wonder, then we can be touched by peace. So today I'm so grateful for this time and this opportunity to share with everyone here to be part of CSL White Rock community, to be a visionary of love. I release these words, the law of mind, knowing right action is already happening. I let it go, I let it be, and ask you to join me in saying, and so it is. If you feel grateful for today and you've enjoyed today and the gratitude for our fantastic musician, Ivan, and all of the talk and the, the things that we offer in our center, and you got something out of it. Um, the meditation, as Hermes Holmes said, as we express life, we fulfill spirit's law of abundance, but we do this only as we realize that there is enough to go around, as we know that all of the divine's gifts are given as freely and fully as the air we breathe and the sunshine we enjoy. If you leave today and you're taking a nugget of information, a song, a relaxation from the meditation, please consider returning that good freely and fully with a donation to our center, White Rock, CSL White Rock. You can donate on our website, uh, www.csl slash, sorry, dash whiterock.com slash donate. And it's also on our chat space. Uh, if giving online doesn't work for you, you can mail us a check or send us an e-transfer. All the infos on Zoom chat. So please join me in declaring our prosperity affirmation. Divine love within blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive, and so it is.